Welcome to Discoculia Headlines Weekly, a podcast where we share news, information, resources, tips and tricks about Discoculia. You can subscribe to this podcast via iTunes and then search for Discoculia Headlines. You can also find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and then click on the podcast page. Top tips from Pisa, adults with Discoculia. Why the memorization song does not work. And how can parents help their children with Discoculia? Welcome to the Discoculia Headlines Weekly Podcast for week 41 in 2016. And with us is Dr. Schroeder, as usual, who will help us make sense of the headlines this week. Welcome, Dr. Schroeder. Thanks so much for having me. Well, um, the, uh, our first uh, link here calls uh, Memories of Vacations in Italy. But we're not talking about the Tower of Pisa. We're talking about the program for international students assessment. That's also PISA. So what is what is new here, Dr. Schroeder? Yes, uh, this is about the outcome of a study that was done in 2012 mm-hmm. with a large number of schools from 70 different countries. So very interesting. That's a big study, yeah. And yeah, it's an ongoing study. It has been uh, uh, there for several decades. Oh wow! And they share in this article the best tips they have found uh, across all those countries. Now, the most remarkable finding here is that teaching strategies clearly trump nationality and social background. So that is where we need to focus. Of we want to improve student performance. Okay. Learn from other countries. While strategies such as uh, teacher-directed and student-oriented teaching strategies are both useful, it appears that teacher-directed, so the more traditionally uh, teacher in front of a class talking and, and students listening strategy, mm-hmm. is more beneficial for students uh, to be successful with uh, the simple problems. Okay. But as the problems become more, uh, more difficult and more complex, students with more exposure to direct instruction no longer have a better chance of success. Okay. That means that teachers uh, need to step away from that and master a range of approaches to uh, serve these, uh, these students better. Now, they found that their reliance on memorization was useful for solving simpler problems, but actually hindered success on more difficult problems. That is a really an interesting, uh, an interesting information. Yeah. They also looked at uh, ways to determine the effectiveness of math teaching in a school. Hmm. That would be interesting to measure. Uh, now, yeah. for this purpose, they have developed a test. It's like a, a lengthy questionnaire mm-hmm. that uh, schools can do to measure their effectiveness and there are some uh, suggestions of what to uh, what to improve and so far about uh, only about 400 schools have 400 done 400 schools yeah uh, but maybe not everybody knows that the OECD makes this available hmm. uh, but it would be really good if there's more publicity and it should be adopted by by more schools. It's a very useful tool, interesting link. If you have time, please uh, read it yourself, and uh, hopefully uh, talk about it in your school. Yeah. If you are a parent or a teacher, um, it it doesn't take um, a long time 
but it's it's really useful. Yeah, well, I I would agree. I mean, schools should measure their effectiveness, mm-hmm. and they, in fact, they owe well, it they to us, the taxpayers, right? I mean, we sure. pay for those schools, and. I, I actually don't know how we get a measure of their effectiveness at this moment. Now we look at the blue the, ribbon schools, the, the kind of grades awards. of the students yeah. and uh, their results on uh, standardized tests. Right. Um, well, what some of those standardized tests uh, might uh, not take into account is what was the beginning level right. of students, right. and I think right. that measuring growth is so. better than uh, only looking at the snapshot well, uh, results. So, if there's any teachers that are listening to this podcast please yeah please re- take read this article <laughs> yeah. of, of this uh, right. it's available of this free, tool that's so. available good now our next link uh, talks about adults with dyscalculia you also have that that is a real big problem uh, it's a topic that's not often uh, discussed uh, but it's a reality and also adults uh, can have untreated dyscalculia and basically since it's only known for the last few decades highly likely very little of those adults had a chance to be treated so um, this can still hold them back in their careers or uh, wreak havoc in their daily lives it will be hard to figure out the best mortgage for them or to find a, a good credit card deal or a mobile phone subscription mm-hmm. when you have dyscalculia yeah. or just uh, negotiating uh, when you want to buy a new car. That's really complicated. Right. And I'm not even talking about pensions or things like that. Well, the writer here talks about the various reasons why adults can have a difficulty with math. And obviously... Poor schooling might be uh, a reason, or maybe they didn't attend school. Mm-hmm. Or they have mouth anxiety, they might have a language difficulty, which also yeah, sure. impedes um, math learning. Um, they might have um, poor motivation, mm-hmm. just didn't like it and, and shied away from it. Right. Or they might have a fixed mindset Mm -hmm. and somebody might have done a test and said okay you you are just not good at math Mm -hmm. and they believe that and becomes a self-fulfilling prophecy instead of having a a growth mindset which says uh, keep trying at it and eventually since the brain is like a muscle if you train it you get better at it they might have uh, dyslexia or a weak memory or obviously they might have dyscalculia. Right. And an advantage of working with adults is that they have a lot of real-life problems Mm -hmm. and you can tie the math instructions to those um, everyday uh, questions they have about money and numbers. And um, they are really, uh, really motivated Right, to because they have those issues every learn day. About it. They right. have those issues every day. So that's day. easier than children, where you sort of come up with stories about pizzas and slices and parties and to explain the fraction. Mm-hmm. These are like real, real life topics. Yeah, and and in this link, uh, the writer has a number of recommendations that I want to share, as they really make sense. Mm-hmm. First of all, assess where the strengths and difficulties lie, and always work from an area of strength. Build on that. Um, And use uh, a real-life context. 
that the adult can relate to and combine that with uh, math language, with symbols, uh, an image or, or even a manipulative to uh, show and highlight how the, how the concept works. Mm -hmm. uh, I uh, spoke about the uh, mindsets, encourage a growth mindset, um, like I will be able to do it when I practice. Uh, welcome mistakes. As Joe Bowler at Stanford says, when you make a mistake and you try to mend it uh, through a productive struggle, your brain actually grows and mm. uh, makes more uh, connections. Okay. Now, encourage and practice estimating. Yeah. And uh, try to think uh, in a flexible way uh, about uh, skills with numbers. And obviously... Give a lot of praise and encouragement for trying. We're talking to Dr. Schroeder, and we're looking at the headlines provided on our website, discalculiaheadlines.com. Well, great. Uh, now, from the adults that we just discussed, uh, let's jump back to the children. The next link says that the memorization song doesn't work. Now what? We've, well, all, we've, we've grown up with that. Now mm -hmm. you're telling me it doesn't work. It, it all sounds great. Uh, and it's a highlight uh, for, the, for the grandparents when they visit. Yes. Uh, that, uh, it was a hit. The little kids can, um, can show off with a, um, a song with numbers. Yes. And, um, it's wonderful. They come with up this? with all those um, math facts. Now, what's wrong with it? Research shows that an emphasis on memorization, rote procedures, and speed actually impairs learning and achievement. We thought that it would help them, but it doesn't. Oh dear. Um, and this is another study from uh, PISA, we mentioned that uh, before, where they compare uh, students of the 15-year-old uh, in about uh, 60 countries, and Unfortunately, the U.S. is not even near the top. It, it places around 35 on the list. So that's, that's kind of embarrassing. That is embarrassing. Uh, particularly when you compare how much we spend on, uh, on education per right. student. And the study shows three approaches to learn. First of all, memorizing. Secondly, relating a new concept to things a student already knows. Mm -hmm and self-monitoring, where they focus on new concepts. Mm -hmm. Now, needless to say that the memorizers are the worst performers in all areas. Oh, wow. And the U.S. is one of the countries that scores highest in using memorization in education, unfortunately. Right. Now, this has triggered uh, the founding of um, the U-Cubed Center at Stanford, Mm. That has... Miss um, Bowler. Yeah, Miss Bowler again. And uh, their goal is to spread um, the research to, uh, to teachers and also give them uh, tools and um, uh, lesson plans to implement this new research. The findings, yeah. Well, the foundation, uh, all math students need is number sense. Essentially getting a feel for numbers mm -hmm. uh, with the agility to use them in a flexible way and in a creative way. In 2005, a psychologist 
uh, Margaret de Lazare of the Medical uh, University of Innsbruck in Austria and Europe and her colleagues took some functional MRI scans of students that were learning math facts in two ways. Now some students were encouraged to memorize and others were encouraged to work out those facts mm -hmm. with a strategy. Um, and the scans, the MRI scans revealed that um, these two approaches uh, involved completely different brain pathways. Mm -hmm. So the study also found that the subjects who did not memorize learned their math facts more securely and were uh, more able to apply them. Now memorizing some mathematics can be useful, but the researchers' conclusions were very clear. An automatic command of times tables or other facts should be reached through understanding of the underlying numerical relations, not just by a song about he mm -hmm. ate and he ate uh, and he fell on the floor, or he ate and he ate and he was stuck in the door. Eight times eight is sixty-four. Because <laughs> yeah. although doesn't rhyme, make a whole lot of sense, does it? <laughs> the rhyme is beautiful. Yes. The eight times eight with the grandparents. is <laughs> definitely sixty-four. But where is the underlying numerical yeah. relation? So. Oh um, kids cannot uh, reason from that to another fact and they cannot connect it and right. it's it's much harder to apply. Well, anyway, um, what is surprising is that this is 2016 now and not much has changed in our way of teaching. It's incomprehensible that the Department of Education's Education doesn't have a better handle on how these teaching methods um, are uh, still in effect while the research is available that they are not the best practice. Yeah, you can, I mean, this, you where, cannot understand where, this. Where did, is it this stuck is your tax, in the pipeline? This is your tax dollars at work. I mean, you know, you, you, would, you would assume that they sort of harmonize that, you know, US-wide. It's amazing that that doesn't happen. Well, not yet. We are not yet. probably well, working at it. Yeah, well, four years. <laughs> Good luck. Okay, well, it, it brings us to our last week of this also short uh, week. And here's the question on how parents can help their children with uh, dyscalculia. Uh, I guess I shouldn't bring up memorization <laughs> song at this moment. No. <laughs> no. <laughs> well, this article from the Brain Balance Center has all the right words in it. They talk about playing with dominoes, resist using worksheets, and uh, that is also one of our golden rules. Never drill something that is not conceptually understood yet. Mm -hmm. They advise to use manipulatives and encourage talking about math with the children and creating visual models relating to real-life situation. And mm -hmm. that's actually yeah. one of the requirements that the NCTM, National Council of Teachers Mathematics, has uh, brought up. Also, the use of accommodations and asking the school for them, insisting on teaching towards understanding rather than memorization are part of it. Well, all the same things we repeat over and over again. But the fight for awareness continues and we continue to be part of it and advocate for 
research-based teaching methods. And we're glad that you're doing that, Dr. Schroeder. Thank you for that. And with that, our week comes to an end again. Um, we've talked with Dr. Schroeder. She is the founder of Discoculia Services. Free downloads and free Discoculia screen are available on her website, discoculiaservices.com. You can follow her on Facebook, on Twitter, and she maintains boards on Pinterest and on Flipboard. You can find her free webinar series at webinars.discoculiatrainingcenter.com. She also has two books out in the Kindle bookstore at amazon.com. Just look for the name Schroeder and you'll find uh, an introduction book and the brand new Golden Rules for Discoculia Interventions ebook. Until next week, you Thank can you count for bringing on that. us. Discoculia Headlines Weekly is a production from discoculiaheadlines.com. You can find us on the web at discoculiaheadlines.com and we are on Twitter at discoculiahead. You can also find us on Facebook, we have a board on Pinterest and on Flipboard. Search for Discoculia Headlines or follow the links on our webpage. You can send your questions, comments and contributions to communications at discoculiaheadlines.com and we may even discuss it in one of our upcoming podcasts. We hope this was useful for you and until next week, you can count on us.